0: Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.
1: For the last couple of weeks, road rules. And uh, as I've told you, uh, as a freshman, I uh, started running cross-country and began to train. And I have told you week after week that uh, I placed 11th at Allstate, so I broke out. I don't even know if I can get this thing on in all of its beauty. I had to break it out of the vault, the, the one of those air vaults, you know, that you put them in to maintain them. Yeah, I think I might have to start. I don't know what happened. I think it shrunk a little bit. I don't know. It used to button, I don't know, and so I got all my patches. And Tim told me that the kids don't get these anymore. What's up with that, man? These things were the bomb. This was what you wore. You strutted through high school with all your patches. You knew you were really hot if you had patches down the back. Y'all can notice there's none there. Uh, I don't know what happened. but uh, So this is my Letterman's journey, journey, and there I am in all my, my splendor as part of my cross country. I can't even get this thing off. So that, just to prove that I wasn't lying to you, I did earn the patches and did learn my letters and and, and just so. But uh, out of the lessons that I learned running cross-country, we've been talking about some things. First of all, first week I encouraged you to end in Run, which is the concept of pushing one another and enabling your teammates to run faster, I hope over the course of the last couple of weeks, that you've continued to encourage folks. You can do that with a spoken word. You can do that with a pat on the back. You can do that with the little cards out there that you can mail to folks and allow them to know that you're pushing them and encouraging them. I don't want our friends, our loved ones, to get tired in the race, amen? And we are responsible as teammates to push them. Then last week we talked about... This uh, concept of side stitches and shin splints. And I told you that pain, we got to uh, have a different perspective on pain. Pain is part of running. You cannot run without pain. It's just inevitable. But in this journey that we're in, we need to see that pain is a love note from God. According to Hebrews, what we've been reading, He actually reveals His love for us because if He didn't love us, He wouldn't discipline us. And so pain is a revelation of God's love. I told you that pain also is... Your birthmark. It reveals that you're legitimate. If you ever run into a believer that says, I've never had a bad day, I've never suffered any tragedy, I've never been hurt, I've always glowed, then you need to stay away from them because they're not legitimate. They're posing, they're trying to hang on to the family and reap the benefits, but they haven't paid the price because the price is pain. And then I told you that pain pays off. I hope that you begin to reap an abundance of righteousness and peace. Because of the pain that you've endured. So I want us to go back into our text. We've been in Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to read the first verse this week. And stop there. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us this this week, I want us to discuss a topic that I have absolutely no experience in. Uh, as we would run cross country, they would occasionally. I remember at one particular race, I don't know why they did it. They did it without our permission. We were running the race, and about mile two, as we're coming around a corner, they put obstacles—just some real low hay bales—in our way. You could step on them and run right over them, no problem. That that's a different situation. This week, I want us to talk about hurdles, and I have absolutely no experience in hurdles and the reason is, is because if I had attempted to run hurdles, this would have happened to me. Watch this.
0: There we go. Three to qualify in the next six fastest from these three heats. Straight into the lead, the uh, youngster from Uganda, Benjamin Kiplagat. Tallest man on the field, probably Bob Tari of France. He's uh, usually content to bite his time. He knows he's got a terrific finish. He's finished 4th, 5th, 7th and 8th in World Championship Finals. So he'll be determined to go a little better than that and uh, have a shot at the medal. Certainly he's got a major chance for that. Kip the leads from Martin. There's a f- couple of fallers. and looks like quite a serious one there too. Uh, and let's look at it again. Oh, it's Martin. Yes, five one two here in second place. There. Here he comes up to the barrier. Seemingly, uh, no, no. It was uh, no. He's okay. No. Oh, that is very nasty. No, it's not. Martin it was Weidlinger of Austria who crashed into that barrier and really hit himself very hard on that. Look nasty.
1: So that's why I didn't run hurdles right there because that would have been me. I would have, it would have absolutely happened, I promise you. I would have hit at least one, and, and I would have broken everything, including the hurdles. And uh, so that's why I didn't run hurdles. But there is a skill in running hurdles that I do not possess, and I am not going, y'all, y'all are just waiting for me to illustrate, right, and come and run. My understanding is that Mike Baker won the 100-meter championship in the city. I don't know, what. see, he, he conveniently left the room because they knew I was going to call and ask him to demonstrate, and he's scared. So... Uh, because I told him I was going to do that. But uh, something about hurdles. Well, uh, the 110-meter mer- hurdles, m- hurdles have have been around a long time. In fact, they were a, an event in the original Olympics in 1896. And so what we know is that, whether we recognize it or not, is that hurdles are part of the race. They're just part of it. The writer of Hebrews understood that, and he recognized that because he begins the 12th chapter of Hebrews Basically by talking about barriers and hurdles. He calls them uh, sins that so easily entangle us. that's this hindrance. It's this obstacle. And he makes this statement that I just want to allude to this morning for a moment before we begin to talk about hurdles in particular. And I just want to say this. He's, he makes this statement. He says that he encourages us to throw aside the sin that so easily entangles us. And I started thinking about that and I I came to this conclusion. We're too easy. Why is it that sin so easily entangles us? why isn't it after some of us have walked with Christ for 20 years and some of you for longer than that or maybe two years, why after that extended amount of time is it that we are still so easily tripped up and so easily stopped and so easily hindered? Why don't we make the devil's job harder? Why do we become so easily entangled and fall at the first temptation and fall at the first hindrance? Why is it that we make the job of our enemies so simple and so easy that the writer says that we are easily entangled? Some of you fall with no fight. Already preaching. Some of us give up without fighting or struggling at all. Some of us falter in our walk with Christ without any resistance at all. And what I am saying to you is that we should live our life in such a manner that we make the devil nervous when he goes to work in the morning and that we make him realize that he's going to have to do more than he's ever done and he's going to have to throw harder things at us because we refuse to become trapped by the easy things anymore. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, You're too easy. You're too easy. You're too easy. Get to where you don't trip so easily. Become more difficult to entangle. The same temptation that the enemy used against you when you were a brand new believer should no longer trip you up if you have become mature in your run with Christ. Don't be so easy. So hurdles, hurdles, hurdles. A couple points real quickly that I want to make about hurdles. The first one is profound. It's elementary, but it's profound. Are you ready for this? They're, they are called hurdles on purpose. That's profound. Let, let me explain. The definition of a hurdle is this. A light, portable barrier, a portable panel for temporary fences. Did you catch it? I don't know if you caught the profound moment in there. Hurdles are called hurdles because they are intended to be portable and they are intended to be temporary. That tells us that they are not called walls for a reason. They are not called a wall because they are not permanent. They are portable and they are temporary. My point is is that they are called hurdles because we are supposed to deal with them momentarily and then move on. Some of us continue to hit the same hurdles over and over and over again, and we have changed a hurdle into a wall. A hurdle is called a hurdle because when it is placed before you, it is only a temporary thing, and you're supposed to be mature enough to deal with it and move on. So why are so many of the Christians that I run into on a regular and a daily basis, why do we continue to turn pit stops into parking lots? Oh, y'all didn't catch that. Why do we continue to turn temporary things that we were supposed to get over in just a moment of time? Why do we turn those things, those pit stops in our walk with Christ into parking lots where we spend an extended amount of time? They're supposed to be temporary. Why is it that many of us continue to be stopped and continue to be stymied by, this, by something that you were intended and empowered to overcome and dominate and take dominion over? Why? Why do we let momentary obstacles become permanent dwelling places in our journey? I want to encourage you this morning to quit turning hurdles into habitations. You're not supposed to camp out there. You're not supposed to spend your life there. Your walk is not supposed to end there. It is a portable, temporary obstacle that you are to overcome. And Paul says it like this. He says, lay it aside. You know what he's saying? Grow up and get over it and move on. And some of you continue to be stopped by the same things that stopped you decades ago. Some of you are still being stopped by depression that you should have conquered years ago. Some of you are, being, are still fighting insecurities that you should have matured out of decades ago. Some of you are hung up on addictions that you should have whooped into submission a long time ago and shouldn't still be a stumbling block for you. Some of you are still getting into lust that you should have beaten into submission years and years ago. You have allowed a hurdle to become more than a temporary stop or a portable barrier. It was never intended to bring you to complete standstill, but you have fallen to, or then you have failed to lay it aside. You understand what I'm saying this morning? I can't fill in the blank for you. What is stopping you in your walk and in your run with Christ? What has stymied your maturity process and kept you from growing in your relationship with God? That thing is so only supposed to be a temporary obstacle and yet you're hung up on it. And it stops you. I want you to notice that Paul in Hebrews 12 puts the emphasis in a certain place in this passage. As I've read to you out of chapter 12 verse 1, he does not say pray and fast to get enough power to overcome the hurdle. Did you notice that? He doesn't say go into an extended period of seeking God's face and then you'll suddenly come up with this unbelievable ability to overcome that obstacle in your life. That's not where he places the emphasis. He puts the emphasis on one word. Let us lay aside every hindrance in other words what he's saying is that we are to take responsibility for our own hurdles and recognize that we are we have given things that should be easily crossed more power in our lives than they have earned or than they deserve i'm preaching real good right now and you're looking at me like deer stuck in headlights paul puts the responsibility on us to deal with this momentary obstacle that we should have the ability to cross there see there are some things that are going to happen to you there Side stitches and shin splints. That's pain. There's some of those things that you just cannot do anything about. You just got to learn to endure them. They come your way and they're, they're, they're love notes and they're birthmarks and all that kind of stuff. And you're sitting there and going, I don't know if I can handle this. And God is saying just endure the pain, endure the pain, endure the pain. Because there's a harvest coming afterwards. But hurdles are different. Hurdles are not intended to stop us. And we should take authority over them. And cross them. And so, the second thing I want to say to you is this hurdles are conquered in steps. In steps. It is the ultimate goal of every hurdler in the short race to conquer and learn how to do the hurdles so that you only have to take three steps between them. Three steps. Sounds like a good sermon. Three points. But that's what they try to do. Young people, when they're learning as kids, they lower them down low, and they say, just just jump them. And then as you get older, they start raising them. And now you're at five steps, and you count your steps, and you cross the next one. And as you mature in your run and your physical ability, the ultimate goal is I only want to have to take three steps, and on the third step, I'm going to cross that barrier, and I'm going to get over to the other side. Hurdles are conquered In steps. I want you to hear me very carefully this morning. I have purposely written this out so that I say it very carefully so you understand clearly what I'm about to say. I believe in the suddenlies of God. I am more convinced than ever in my life that God, at any moment of his choosing, can step in and change your desires and change your appetites and break your addictions. I have seen it happen. I know it can take place. However, I also want you to understand that I know that the truth is, is that most hurdles are crossed in a series of steps. And too many of us, fail to get past our hurdles because we are waiting on the suddenlies of God and refuse to deal with the consistentlies of God. I hope you caught that. We use God's power as an excuse not to exert our own. We use God's wisdom as an excuse not to utilize our own. We do stupid stuff and we expect God to bail us out. There are steps that we can take. Could it be that God is waiting on us to take step two before he intervenes at step three? I want to be the first to acknowledge that according to God's own word, that he can make the crooked path straight, and that he in one moment can make the high places low. I understand that completely, and I do not dismiss or discount God's unbelievable power. In fact, I want you to understand that I'm not downplaying his power. I am not shortchanging his power. In fact, what I would say to you in a lot of our cases, it's our only hope. We're so far gone, it's our only hope. But I also want you to understand that many of the hurdles that we are hung up on that are supposed to be temporary stops and supposed to be a, a, just a moment in our walk, some of those things that we're hung up on could be overcome by simply accessing the power we already have. I was reminded in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus says this. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and I like this, and to overcome all The power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So my question to you today regarding your hurdle is how much more power do you need? How much more authority do you need? I've taught you that in the Greek there's a real profound lesson that all means All. And he says I've given you all power to conquer all the the power of the enemy so how much more power do you need to overcome the obstacles in your life? Why don't you quit praying for more power and just access the power you already have? The problem with most of us is that what we want to do is skip the necessary steps to get over the hurdle. We don't we won't do what we can do. And then we sat around and we pray, oh, God, you got to help me get over this thing. And he's looking at you going, get up. Take the steps. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you're hung up on a hurdle in your life, and, and, and you don't feel like you can make it to victory, I want to encourage you this morning to take the initial steps necessary to get over those barrier, barriers. That's the let us aspect of what the writer is saying. Let us take the necessary steps to lay that stuff aside. For instance, I'm going to get real practical this morning with you, and I hope I get right in your mess. If you're depressed... Take the initial steps and quit hanging around people and environments that feed your depression. Get out of friendships and relationships that feed that depression quit listening to voices that cause you to stay in that depressed state feed your mind by thinking on good things and take every thought captive if you are stuck on depression change your environment that's the initial step you can take i know if we gave altar call for depression you'd come down but are you willing to take the first step necessary because we can pray for you all we want to. But if you go back and go right back into that negative environment and feed your mind with that same junk and hang around the same people, that prayer will have no effect in your life because you won't take the initial steps necessary. If you're fighting your weight, I told you it was going to get practical this morning. Stay out of the Twinkie aisle at the grocery store. Come on now, we make it easier for the enemy than we should. Quit going to buffets. I got an idea. Turn the TV off and go to the gym every once in a while. Well, I'm just going to pray that God won't. No. Access the power that we already possess, which is this. I beat my body into submission. And when I don't feel like it, I get up and do it anyway. I take the initial steps necessary to gain victory over my hurdles. Asking God to meet me at some point in that process. And while I'm doing what I can do, God shows up. Uh, If you're being wooed by alcohol, here's a novel concept. Stay out of the club. I got an idea. If you're tempted to drink more than you should, if you're tempted to turn your life over to the power of alcohol, quit going to parties where they drink. Quit hanging out with folks that drink. We make it too easy. We don't access the power that we already have. And then we wonder, why do I keep tripping over the same hurdles? If you're having marital issues... Take the initial step and get into counseling. Quit waiting until I get so messed up and so just fumbling over my marriage to where we're hurting one another and we see no way out and it's getting worse and worse. Why do we wait until it's too far gone and then go, I need help, it's too late? If you're having marital issues, get into counseling now. That is the first step. That is the initial step that you can take, that you have the power and the ability to take and access and make a long-term commitment to stay in that counseling until you get your issues worked out. Here's another step you can take. Start hanging out with couples who have a great marriage so you can understand why never fails. I, I don't understand this. I, I find couples that are struggling in their relationship and what they want to do is they want to hang out with other people who are struggling in their relationship. Somebody please explain that to me. Why if I'm struggling in my marriage, do I want to hang out with you when you're struggling in your marriage? Is it because misery loves company and we can share horror stories and you can tell me how bad your wife is and I can tell you how bad my wife is. And you can tell me how bad your husband is. Is that why we do that stupid thing? That is, that is falling trapped to the heart. Hurdle. If we would find out, man, we're struggling, we got to get in a relationship with somebody that knows how to do this thing, and I want to model my relationship because they love one another and they care for one another, and they've been married for 40 years, something is working. I got to figure that out. That's an initial step you can take. We fail to do what we can do. If you're struggling financially this morning, can I just encourage you to take an initial step and cut up your credit card? Can I just encourage you to take, listen, there is an initial step to to crossing the hurdle of financial struggle. You know what it is? Tithing. Oh, I'm struggling. I can't make ends meet. Are Are you tithing? No, I can't afford to. Honey, you can't afford not to. Do you understand that without crossing that first hurdle, that first step in in your process to crossing a hurdle, that your 90% is greater than your 100% when you tithe? Do you understand that without taking that initial step, at that moment your 100% becomes cursed? And I want to tell you, you'll never make it as far on cursed finances as you will on blessed finances. I don't understand how it works. I just know that it works. I've proven it in my own life, and I continue to prove it. When I'm struggling, I continue to tithe, and God steps in and makes my 90% greater than my 100%. Some of us hang up because we won't take the first step. If you're struggling financially, cut up your credit card, start tithing, quit shopping, and set a budget. I just cussed in church. Budget. That means we live on what we bring in, not more. Budget. It means we put money aside for what we need. It means when we can't pay our bills, we don't go out and splurge on a new car. It hit the back of the room and bounced, so I'm going to keep going. I asked Alan about hurdles, and Alan made this statement. He sent me an email that had this statement, and I think it's an important statement. He said, hurdles are conquered in step one. Think about that a moment. Hurdles are conquered in the first step. Your hurdle will try, will defeat you, and you will never have the ability to cross that hurdle if you try to skip to step three. By the way, God's power most often is at work in what we can do. When we take the first step, God intervenes. I want to make another statement that. About steps because I think this is crucial. Please hear me. I see way too many people. That take the first step and then give up. I know y'all ain't never met nobody like that. But I am constantly dealing with people. Who are willing to take one step. And when they don't see victory. They stop after the first step. And they give up. I want to say to you today. Hear me. Hurdles are conquered in steps. Steps. Plural. Take the first step and continue to move. You you didn't get into your mess in one day. And most likely you won't get out in one day. Because God works through processes. We have, we have melted Christianity down to events. And think it's all about a sudden crisis event. And at this moment. Yeah, but you don't understand. Christianity is a journey. It is a process. And so God meets us. In the process, we have to walk through the entire process. I hear people that are dealing with marital issues. Well, we went to one session of counseling, and then they quit. I hear people that are struggling financially going, well, I tithed one month, and then they quit. I... uh, Come on, y'all. This is a process. Grow up a little bit with me here. we got to walk through the entire process. How many steps? Well, I don't know how many steps it will take. I just know that we take the first step and we don't stop there. We continue to move. So my question to you this morning is this. What steps do you need to do, take to find victory? I don't know what hurdle you're dealing with in life. I don't understand what barrier is stopping you and temporarily blocking your path. I don't understand or know exactly what's holding you up. But my question is, is what steps do you have to take to get over this hurdle and start your way to the next one? Because another one is coming, so you've got to get through this one so you can deal with the next one. That's called growth. So what steps? What's the first thing you could do to get over your barrier? What steps could you take? Some of you are just saying, well, if God would just help me. He has. Newsflash, God has helped you. He is showing up right now with help. Are you ready for it? Figure out what the first step is. That's your help right there. God just showed up. I know it didn't start any goosebumps and you didn't have any moments. But if God reveals to you the very first step that you need to take, then God just showed you help. Am I right? That doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, it is spiritual. Because if a man knows to do right and doesn't do it, it's sin. That first step. When God reveals what you can do as a first step, at that moment, God has offered you assistance. Will you take it? Third and last thing I want to say to you about hurdles is this. Hurdles can entangle you, stop you, or they can cause you to rise. Listen to this statement. What you are facing is not supposed to stop you. It's supposed to stretch you. The reason that we encounter hurdles in our race and our walk with Christ is not to bring you to a screeching halt. Those obstacles and those temporary barriers are placed there to cause you to stretch and grow. The intent of your challenge is to cause you to rise up in faith, It is intended to cause your power to increase. It is intended to cause you to have more trust. It is intended to cause you to have more hope. It is intended to develop patience in you. It's intended to bring endurance into your life. It is intended to bring character and integrity into your life. That's what a hurdle is supposed to do. It's supposed to cause you to stretch and grow. If you just run flat and no obstacles and no hurdles, you won't grow at all. But at the moment that you have to believe more and try harder, you will grow. Let me say something to you. Your best days are not the days that running is easy. Ever had any of those moments in your Christian walk where every, it seemed like every morning when you got up, the birds were chirping and there was a, Pot of gold at every rainbow. I mean, you're not even looking and checks are coming in the mail and your car never breaks down and somehow your gas never runs out. I can't figure it out. People are paying for your meals at every restaurant you go to. You make straight A's and you know you didn't study. And your relationship with your husband or wife is just peachy keen. I mean, it's just love all the time. I mean, you can be mean to them and they still love you. They're still doing your laundry and folding them nice. I mean, it's just like everything is going great. Listen, that's not... When you're running your best. The greatest days of your running is not when it's easy. You run your best when it's difficult. Your best day of running is when you're faced with a hurdle and you take the initial and then the subsequent steps necessary and you rise to the challenge and cross over it with flying colors. At that moment, you have run your very best. I've said it to you before, I'll say it again. Anybody can run when it's easy. The heroes of the faith recorded in Scripture didn't make the list because they faced no challenges. They made and were included on the list because they rose to the challenge and they overcame the challenge. I would wager this morning that the people that you admire the most are not those people that have never encountered rejection or have never had a regret or who've never gone through a divorce or who haven't overcome the death of a loved one or who haven't been struck by sickness and still persevered or who've never gone through bankruptcy or who have had a failure no we admire people who have gone through all that stuff and yet they continue to run and they run back to health and they run back to love and they run back to prosperity and they run back to hope we admire those people not because they weren't faced with a hurdle but because because they dealt with the hurdle and were able to overcome it that's why I look up to the people I look up to because they were faced with difficult circumstances they, in fact we used to um, make fun of people that had never dealt with anything we'd say they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth remember that old statement we would ridicule them they'd be driving a nice car and we'd go yeah they're driving their mom and dad's car They never faced any difficulties, any struggles. I didn't have any admiration for them. The people that I admire have faced everything the enemy could throw at them, and they take an initial step, and then they take a subsequent step, and then they take another step, and then they rise, and somehow, some way, some shape, they fly over the hurdle, and they land on the other side, and I go, "Mm, I admire them. Hear me this morning. Whatever it is you're facing, I don't know what some of you are facing. I want to speak to you very clearly. I want you to hear me this morning. It was intended to be temporary. Don't stop. Some of you are right here, right now. I would run, but I can't get over it. I can't get over the pain. I can't get over the rejection. I can't get over the firing. I can't get over the breakup. I can't get over your anger. I can't get over my past. And what I want you to hear me say today is this is called a hurdle on purpose. It was not intended to stop you. Its intention was to cause you to have to stretch a little bit. But I want to warn you. You can stay right here the rest of your life. There's only one problem. You'll never win. You don't know how bad I wished I could jump this hurdle right now because I'd back off and jump this thing and show you it can be done. But I know what would happen. I wouldn't win. Listen to me this morning. I see some of you stopped, and I don't like it. Some of you are saying, You've said to me, I need God. But what if God is saying, I need you? What if he's saying, I already gave you more than enough ability and power to get over it, but you won't take the first step. Can I promise you something this morning? I think I can promise you this. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me. I think I can promise you that God won't step in. At that moment, because he's waiting on you. Would you stand with me this morning? Hurdles are called hurdles because they're temporary. My question to you this morning is Have you turned a temporary? obstacle into a permanent dwelling place and if the answer is yes then my challenge to you this morning is this you have to come to the place where you are willing to take the initial step I can't tell you what that is but I have this sneaking suspicion that God already has You defeat hurdles in the first step. Take it. Get over it. Father, this morning I pray that your word would challenge us. I pray that we would lay aside. We recognize this morning that the emphasis is placed on us. That in us, when we come into a relationship with you, at that moment that we have asked you to come into our lives, you have given us enough power, all power, All the power necessary to conquer every scheme, every attack, every snare of the enemy. Father, we repent this morning for not accessing the power that we already have. I pray that right now you would challenge each person under the sound of my voice that there's one person here that is hung up on a temporary obstacle and they have not taken the initial step necessary to get over it. Father, I pray this morning they would get up and dust themselves off and they would take the first step necessary. But I also pray they wouldn't stop there. I pray that they would take the next step and the next step and the next step. And then what I pray would happen is that you would intervene at some moment in that journey and that you would empower them to take greater strides. And this thing that stopped them would now simply stretch them. I pray for marriages in this house that are struggling. I pray that each partner in that relationship would take the initial step necessary to find health. Father I pray for those that are struggling in their finances today we know it's a tough economy and that the pinch is tight we're all feeling it but Father I pray that you would speak to us and cause us to to man up and take the first step necessary to operate in obedience because we recognize that at the moment we do you will meet us in that process Father for those that are struggling physically I pray that they would take the first step and do what they need to do God, if there's one that's dealing with depression in this house, I pray that they would take the initial step necessary and they would begin to feed their mind on positive. Your word says that we should think on things that are positive and of good report. Help us to take the steps necessary. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eye closed, the only ones looking around would be myself and my leadership team. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Steve, I... I need to take an initial step. The initial step for me is I need to meet Jesus. I have not asked Jesus into my heart. He's not my Savior. And I recognize today that that's the first step that I have to take. Before God will do anything else, I have to come into relationship with His Son, Jesus. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus and that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand, pull it back down? Yes, anyone else? Anyone else that would say, I don't know Christ as my Savior and I want to make sure that I've got it right Would you take a moment and get your mover card out and let's pray and ask God to enable these folks that we've been praying for to begin to take steps towards God. Father, this morning, we lift up our movers to you. They're in a journey. Many of them have been blocked by hurdles and obstacles. They find their life right in the way. There, There is an obstacle right in the way of their walk and they're struggling and they're broken and they're hurt. Father they don't know how to get over and I pray that you would position us to enable us to speak the right word about your son Jesus that would show them that the initial step is they should come into relationship with you so Father I pray that as we lift these folks up in prayer that you would cause them to move towards you they would take an initial move towards you and at that moment you would meet them and change your life forever Father, we thank you for the 67 that we've seen cross the hurdle of salvation into a walk with you. I pray that they would not stop in that journey, but they would continue to run after you to pursue you. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I, I don't know what hurdles are represented here. I just know that represented in each person standing here is more power than they can ever imagine. More ability. More anointing. so I pray that we would access that as you speak to us Father I pray you would speak to us right now and reveal first steps reveal first steps what can I take care of that would start me on my journey to victory speak to us clearly in Jesus name this is how we're going to end today I just sense that we need to do it this way I want you to find somebody that you have relationship with this won't work necessarily Very, I guess it could under the leading of the Holy Spirit but it may be most effective with somebody that you know have some kind of relationship with I want you to go to someone and I want you to look them in the eye and I want you to ask them this question I don't know if they'll be able to answer it but I want you to ask it to drive it home I want you to ask them what step, not steps, this is the initial step. What step do you need to take to get over it? And then if they say, I don't know, talk to them long enough to figure it out what it is. That's ending running, by the way. That's why we're together. God bless you. Talk to one another right now. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Ask the hard question.
0: It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.